So many of us, you and I both feel stress from time to time. But how do you know if the stress that you feel is starting to take a toll on your psychological and even your physiological self? Can it contribute to heart disease? What is it actually doing to you? My guest today is Dr. Libby Brown. She's a clinical psychologist at Deaconess, the Women's Hospital. Dr. Brown, as you and I were talking about off the air, what a great topic. Women today. We all feel that we must be everything to everybody and super women. Tell us what's going on with stress. What is it? And are there both positive and negative stressors? Okay, that is a big topic. And, and hopefully um, it isn't one that, that we've discounted because everyone talks about stress management to the point where uh, it may be somewhat watered down to some people, but yet we all have it. Some people have competitive stress. They, you start to tell your story and they'll, they'll tell you one better. Uh, but the, the body is geared to handle stress. And I think sometimes, um, we, we don't trust it. We don't believe it's geared to handle stress, but we would not have evolved as mankind if it wasn't designed for stress. But our society labels so many things in debit credit columns, good, bad. We even have words for it, distress, and we have eustress, and uh, eustress is E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And you don't know too many people sitting around going, gee, I, I feel great today. I feel eustressed. <laughs> you know, they just talk about <laughs> yeah. distress. And uh, But the body is geared to have the sympathetic nervous system that kicks in gear. And uh, everyone has heard the fight or flight. Uh, that is kind of common long language now, but some people, uh, they, you take it a step further and it's fight, flight, freeze. If you're under stress for too long and you're not able to balance, uh, kind of deal with something and take a break, deal with something and, and refuel your energy and your mind, um, then you can feel frozen and you feel stuck and then you can't be creative and figure a way out and uh, you can't use logic and talk your way out. Uh, and that's really what brings a lot of people to counseling is when they feel frozen or uh, or stuck. So most of the time, your body is balancing that once you have an event or several events, that life will give you a bit of a plateau. And if you can have a plateau of three to six months of your life seems to be kind of falling in order, your body will regenerate itself, so to speak, and it gets back to a balance. It's when things prolong that it becomes more difficult. And what we what we do is um, we talk about stress. We we try to talk our way through it. We all read the things. We try to meditate. We try to walk. We try to talk. We try to do all these things. And we're very impatient. We want an immediate gratification that what we just did worked. Uh, and and we have to be more patient. And we have to work with the mind and the body. They are connected. You can't separate them out. Uh, so the way that people manage stress is kind of what fits their nature. Uh, some people manage their stress-related symptoms that are coming out as headaches, backaches, uh, um, kind of a grumpy bowel system, aches and pains. They they go to the physician, they go to the nurse practitioners, they go the medical model, and they may get medication to help them with some of those symptoms. But then they keep going back. The symptoms didn't go away. 
Um, some people will go the other way. They they will go to the behavioral health side and they'll go to counselors to talk their way through stress. And, uh, and that kind of works for a while, but yet they have all these other symptoms. So to me, it's a circle. You're going to deal with stress by entering into that circle one way or another uh, if it's prolonged stress and you can't balance your way back out of it. Uh, but just kind of talking over the what people do themselves, uh, if you have disconnected from yourself by listening to everybody else, well, try this, you know, it saved me or try that, it made a big difference. Then almost we set ourselves up for failure because I tried that and it didn't work, so what's wrong with me? Um, so overall, stress becomes the self-talk that we have added on to what the mind and the body are dealing with anyway. And self-talk can trigger even more stress um, because we have the ability to to do what I call time traveling. We're half of the day or half of the moment, for that matter. We're in our past, our present, and our future. And if we're thinking past things that we can't fix, we're just rehashing them your body doesn't know that it's not happening right now, so it triggers the sympathetic nervous system. If we go to the future, and very few people go to an imagined hypothetical future and paint rainbows, they tend to go there with fear and worry and anxiety. And so now they're in the future thinking about something that might happen, the what-ifs, and again, the body doesn't know the mind is time traveling and the body is going to respond with sympathetic nervous system. So it's a matter of being aware and then deciding how to make yourself kind of stay in the present. Because if you can keep things timely and in the present, you tend to not trigger the sympathetic nervous system to the point that it freezes. But that is easy to say and very hard to do. Well, it certainly is. And, and I think that that's the biggest thing. So I'd like you to help us learn to cope with our stress when it's time to get that professional help and, and things that we can do. I mean, I'm an exercise physiologist. So to me, I always say, you know, exercise, eat right, those things. And yes, they help. But there are so many others that we hear about now, meditation, mindfulness, yoga. There are so many different practices. So speak to us about coping with our stress and really your best advice, Dr. Brown, how you want us to identify it and identify those triggers and then deal with them accordingly? Well, I think to identify it, most people will start out with events. They'll start talking about the things that are happening in their life that they don't have control over. Um, and that we all hate to be out of control, you know, but yet most of the things that happen in a day, we're not actually in direct control of. So the very thing we we kind of push against is just really life. It's going to always happen. The the old uh, saying that the only constant in life is change um, is is true, but yet people say they hate change. So to be aware of what events are there and how much control you have in them. And it's a matter of, of beginning to sort out what's right in front of you and to prioritize what's right in front of you. Um, it's, it's to decide what can I really control at this moment in this day and not fall into I should have handled it better, meaning the past, or 
whatever I try is not going to work, or I've already tried that and I know it's not going to work. We tend to catastrophize uh, some of our events to the point that we shut ourselves down. So um, I guess my, my advice is to slow down, prioritize, uh, decide what is within your actual ability to to change. And if you can't change the event, can you change the way you're looking at the event? I do believe pulling in others can awful, uh, awful time, off, what's the word I'm trying to say? It can help when you bring in other people, but only if you can trust the other people to do your request or to help you. Oftentimes we, we ask people for help, but we figure what they're saying isn't going to work. And so now we're frustrated because we asked for help and yet we couldn't accept it. So if you're going to ask, uh, you have to not filter it through uh, whether or not you think it's the right or wrong advice, or to try it and feel like you're going to fail because you're not that person. It comes down to whether or not you have a self-efficacy. You know, how competent do I think I am? And usually by the time you're in a whole lot of stress, you're beginning to wonder if you're competent in anything. So it's remembering who you are before all the stress and before all the events and pulling on things that that if you're going to go to the past, at least pull the positive to show I have had success handling this. So you can, I, I want people to go back only if they're going to pull out their their cheerleading, their successes, the people that inspired them. And so be very selective and control. I mean, at the moment of awareness is the point of choice. And so be very careful what you're choosing. Uh, I do believe in breath work. Um, and breath is what can unplug that sympathetic nervous system that got set off that you no longer are in control of how you're breathing or how fast your heart rate is. Uh, when you're asleep, you're your stomach is going up and down and it's breathing deep and it's fun to watch puppies and kittens and babies because they do it really well. And if we can do something uh, when we're at the point where we have lost our logic and we can no longer think clearly through something, I ask people to make sure you move. Do something that's going to require you to take a deep breath. Uh, none of us are in good enough shape that if I suddenly decided to do jumping jacks in my office uh, or run around the building or go up and down several flights of stairs, I'm going to, one, distract my mind, two, I'm going to eventually gasp for air, and I will have a sense of body peace for even moments um, and breath work that's scheduled uh, where you are inhaling and exhaling to small counts. Uh, that's why a lot of people talk about yoga. Uh, progressive muscle relaxation is another thing. But some people just walk or just run, and they're doing all of the things that are, are turning off that sympathetic nervous switch without even realizing that's what they're doing. So I'm a big proponent of of if you're in your office and you're getting super stressed or you're listening to an argument or whatever, uh, put your hand on your on your belly button and make sure that it's moving in and out. If not, you're only breathing up up above in your chest and you're going to feel like you could hyperventilate if you keep it up. So forcing air out and then just relaxing brings air straight into that diaphragm uh, and it can really kind of flood you with some oxygen and kind of take over that sympathetic nervous system. 
uh, if the sympathetic nervous system is in effect, you cannot be creative, you cannot problem solve, and you're simply running for your life. And then you push away the people that are trying to help you. If I'm running from the bulls in Spain, that is not the time I'm going to also balance my checkbook, creatively design some wonderful, innovative idea, or stop and listen to you for some good advice. So if I'm at the point where I feel like I'm uh, running for my life, then that's the point I do breath work and not talk work. Wow, what great analogies too, Dr. Brown. So, you know, so clear the picture that you painted, because I definitely am one of those people that multitask and think about 12 things at once. So, you know, when you said about running with the bulls and then trying to balance your checkbook at the same time, it really does hit home that we need to focus. We need to be more mindful. So give us your best advice as we wrap up. What would you like people to take away from this segment on the importance of managing our stress so that we can live healthier lives? Well, that's, um, it's, I think everyone knows it's important. What, what's, uh, what sets us kind of down is that we don't know, we know what it is, we can label it, we can talk it, but how do we fix it? And I think we get caught up in the, the fixing of it. Uh, and, and so I'm going to take it a different direction for, for a second, because I do believe that at some point you can, you can look at what is kind of your philosophy at this point in your life, because sometimes that drives not only your feeling of stress, your interpretation of stress, but but what you're going to do about it. And so sometimes without realizing it, people have settled on a philosophy that either believes that good things are temporary and bad things are permanent, or they believe that bad things are temporary and good things are permanent. And so the one, if I believe that good things are temporary, I'm kind of living with the sense that that next foot is going to fall. So I don't really trust the good times because they don't last. So even when they're good, I'm kind of anxious and stressed because if I really relax and enjoy it, I'm going to really hate it when it's taken away from me. So if my philosophy is that bad things are permanent, I'm going to truly go through life with a lot more stress because it feels overwhelming and never ending. But if I can consciously begin to accept that I really, through all my past experiences and everyone I know, I could probably trace that most bad things were temporary. They just felt permanent. So going with the philosophy that good things are permanent and bad things are temporary is a philosophy that helps with stress. Wow. I love that. What a great ending and wrap up. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for all of your great advice. And I can hear the passion for what you do in your voice. So thank you again. And that wraps up this episode of the Women's Hospital, a place for all your life. To schedule an appointment with Dr. Brown, please call 812-842-4020 or head on over to our website at deaconess.com slash cha for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast informative as I did, please share on your social media and be sure to check out all the other interesting podcasts in our library. I'm Melanie Cole.